I make fast cars for very rich people. We're looking at things that will tell you if you are in danger from threats, missiles and that kind of stuff. I'm going to be joining Airbus Defence and Space as a robotic systems engineer. My role involves designing the electrical systems for large construction sites. I was doing it all uh, and I experienced it all. If you listen to those engineers and thought, I could do that, then you're in the right place. Welcome to I Could Do That, a podcast by Silver Fox and the IET, asking engineers what makes them tick. Hello and welcome to the I Could Do That podcast. I'm Alex. I'm the head of research and development at Silver Fox. And alongside me today, I have David Carrere. Hi, Alex. So yeah, my name is David. I am 48 and I am senior sustainability engineer. I work for Dyson, which is a large household appliances design and manufacturing company. So basically, when I was young, I was actually very unsure of what I really wanted to do. But having been raised in the countryside and using computers since I was very young, uh, probably provided some form of background motivation. So my studies sort of reflect a bit this path of try and learn. So I started getting a French A-level with a specialization in economics, uh, more as a default choice, because I initially rather wanted to target biology, but this wasn't really what I liked. And so I did an additional year of studies at uni to improve my level in math, physics, and chemistry before going formally for uh, university studies in science of life. Um, and then I achieved a bachelor's degrees, then a master's degrees in ecology and botany. In parallel of that, I was actually a keen computer programmer uh, learning uh, by myself. And I was, I must say, as fascinated by computers as I was by nature at and finally, I got a master's degree of science in management of uh, renewable natural resource and sustainable development just before the year 2000. So that's already a little while. Um, unfortunately, the interesting thing is that at the time, there was little jobs for that kind of profile on the job market. And after looking for a first job for not far for a year, I've decided actually at the time to use my skills in computers and I started working as a software engineer in a startup. So that's how my career started, which is a little bit unexpected considering where I am now. Uh, but the plan was always in my mind to get back to uh, sustainability at some point. So I worked for several years at Dyson as firmware and software engineer, which uh, gave me a significant experience over design and manufacturing processes in all of the company products categories. And then an opportunity arose to have my career evolving towards uh, sustainability engineering, which I have immediately grabbed and I successfully went through the recruitment process. And that is where I am now. It's quite a, quite a uh, varied career path. Yes, it is indeed, yes. What, what, what does a senior sustainability engineer do? So, as you might know, my, my company design and manufacture household appliances, whether it's fan, hand dryers, light, hair dryers, vacuum cleaners, etc. Uh, so in my daily work, basically, um, I am involved with uh, design and research engineers to help evaluate and decrease the environmental footprint of our products. Um, mostly in the early stage of research and development, what we call the design phase. But that's where we have the most leverage most of the time. Um, so I have to do this while ensuring the product still delivers a very high performance for the user and while respecting you know, the different constraints faced by different engineering and manufacturing uh, teams. 
which means very certainly an important aspect of uh, listening, understanding, and negotiation in my role. Um, so just quick example, I can estimate the energy usage of a future product based on usage prediction and ensure it provides a good service to the user for a minimum of energy. Uh, I can do or use what we call life cycle assessment, which is um, a systematic analysis of the, the potential environmental uh, impact of product or service during their life. Uh, so from this, I can recommend design or material change to decrease the product footprint. Uh, or I can monitor, I monitor the use of materials with high value or environmental impact like rare earth or metals like copper to help design teams to either minimize or maybe explore alternatives. Uh, I can also evaluate how, it is, how easy it is for a product uh, to reaching the end of its life um, to be recycled and to maybe propose improvement to make this step more efficient. So just a few examples to make this more, more, more real to people. Um, I'm also involved with colleagues working in what we call the legal and claims departments. So legal is reference to the different laws existing and to come, laws and regulation. The claims is more about the what you will um, uh, advertise for your product can do. Um, and so I, I help them to understand, explain, and set up sustainability requirements for our products. Um, I'm also going soon to be involved in groups uh, discussing projects of future legislation with governments, uh, because sometimes you know manufacturers have, they ask actually their, their opinion on future regulations. And I'd say that overall, um, there is not only engineering involved, but many different science fields, and you have to be able to listen and understand um, different teams to propose sensible solutions to problems that will uh, work and be implemented successfully. So, I mean, overall, it makes my job quite diverse and, and very interesting, I would say. Of all those things you've just told us about, what is your favourite thing? Overall, I like to put my hands into engines. So I like, I'd say, to collaborate with um, a, des a product design team as an example for a given project. and you know, to take all the aspects that might have a significant sustainability impact, be it the material, be it the, the energy usage, uh, et cetera, be it the, the end of life of the product, and, and try to, to um, evaluate those alongside the design engineers and try to find um, the, best, the best way to make, obviously, an excellent product, but while minimizing the, the footprint. So I think, yeah, it's working alongside design engineers in early stage. That's really the, the thing where I, um, I have fun. And why do you think that is? Why is that different to the rest of your job? I mean, the job, there's different aspects to it. So you have aspect where you are obviously um, looking at documentation, aspect where you can do calculation, prediction. Um, but I'd say the aspect where you have the human collaborations and looking for, you know, the, the most efficient um, compromise where you discuss and you negotiate and you really try to find something that is uh, at the intersection of the constraints of everybody while obviously uh, pushing you know, the agenda for sustainability. That's, that's the kind of thing I like, you know, there's a bit of an aspect of uh, relationship and diplomacy. The human side is quite important in it. 
and I, I like uh, when the human side and the technical sides are both uh, joined together. That's that's really uh, an element I like. Who do you think's been key in getting you to where you are today? <laughs> um, I'd say there are three people actually that had really an important role, and they are all three teachers. And I think it's important because I think teacher is a great job that's not always necessarily recognized at the level of importance so i'm really happy to 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 highlight today the role they had so the first was a math teacher um i was then uh, at school uh, just before my 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 a level i think um and so it was a math teacher and basically um, there were things probably I didn't understand properly in the years before, and basically I was lacking um, some math bases, which was obviously very unfortunate when you reach the A level. And my teacher, she told me, "Well, I shouldn't re-explain you this because my previous colleague should have done it." But uh, okay, I'm happy still to take some time, and she took the time to re-explain me some base in math that I have missed. She took a few hours and she always answered all my questions. And then she just opened me the world of math, basically. And from something that was boring, she transformed that into something that was funny and full of surprises. And although I'm not necessarily doing very evolved math, but all the basic tools of math, whether it's equations, uh, antiderivative, derivatives, or trigonometry, etc., all those things now, are no issue for me and I can use them whenever I need them. And that's just, she just changed so much my life. Um, the two other teachers are actually botany teachers, but two very different. Uh, one was a tropicalist. He was an extraordinary storyteller that focused his lessons on a few things, but important things with great drawing skills. He simplified the representation of plants in a way that was graphically pleasant and representative of their architecture a mix of art, design, and science. And I've been completely impressed by this guy, by the, the, the quality and the, the visuals as well. There was something a bit of engineering in the way he was drawing plants, etc. That's very interesting. And another teacher had a, bit, a very different one in the same university. He was very knowledgeable scientist, uh, brilliant, but unfortunately, he wasn't able or he didn't like to teach and transmit his knowledge. Uh, to the point that I decided I would better spend my time redoing his teachings using books at the university library rather than literally losing my time listening for his lessons. That was a complete nonsense. So I, I've done that for all the, 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 the time this lasted. And then I ended up actually getting one of the best marks at the exam. And other students was just puzzled and said, but how did you do to get this mark? I said, well, it's simple. I just didn't attend the, co- the lessons. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> because I was at the library, meanwhile, redoing the lessons. So it, it was the first time I was breaking the norm. And I realized that books and passions could allow me to learn without necessarily requiring a teacher. And so you see it as three teachers in very different ways that actually really helped me to to grow, to progress and to evolve. Knowing what you know now, do you think there was a defining point where you can look back and say, oh, that actually that's where my roots started to becoming a, a sustainability engineer? Okay, it's a good question. Um, 
not necessarily a story I thought I would tell, but why not? I mean, it's not. It's, it's, it's rather a good story. Um, basically, I had my A level in economics in, in, in that I just uh, got a few days ago, and obviously I was going to the uni to register for studies. And the normal path would have been to go in the University of Economics, where I will have the next step. But as I said, uh, this really wasn't didn't sound right for me, and I thought. You're not going to register somewhere if you're not really, you don't have passion for it. And I really had passion for life, for nature, animals, environment. So basically, I went to the University of Science and I haven't found much because they told me, well, you know, you're A level, you can access the lessons, you know, you can access the, the, the first year of uni, but you might really struggle because you might lack a few of the bases and it's going to be complicated. And just before leaving the University of Science, basically, and thinking, okay, well, maybe I will head finally to economics and I try to find another way. And just before leaving the building, there was a person with a small desk in a corner and saying, hello, so what? What are you doing? Oh, um, I'm advertising for actually a special year just before the normal uni. If ever you have an A-level, that's not exactly what's required. Then this year will actually um, give you what's missing so that you're ready then for the uni. Wow, perfect. Why do I sign? And so that's that's how I started. And so actually this decisive time almost might have not happened. I wouldn't have noticed this small desk in the corner before leaving the University of Science all this journey wouldn't have started, or at least it wouldn't have started that way. Um, and from the moment I've signed that, then that's it. I was doing my first year. I got back what I, I got what I needed. Then I started the normal university studies where I've been successful uh, year after year. And, and that's it. And that's, that's part of the, the, the path. And so sometimes the, the truth is that it can be tiny things, actually. That, that change literally in which direction we go. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. So that's the defining point, which is the day I was going to register to the uni. Good story. You mentioned passions. So what other passions have you got beyond uh, sustainability? Uh, I have too many, I'm afraid. Um, uh, first, I'm passionate about life, uh, the living organism interacting in the biosphere, the process of development. The interactions, uh, creation, evolution. Um, my free time, I spend it in learning new language. Uh, I learn currently. I'm learning uh, Chinese, which is fascinating language, very graphic, it's super interesting. Um, reading a bit about ancient great civilization, uh, civilization, the Roman, Greek, Assyrians, all those great civilizations, Egyptians as well. Actually, I listen as well to international news, especially geopolitics. And in, when it comes to sustainability, actually, you realize quickly that geopolitics have an importance uh, because of the origin of materials and all the trade routes. Uh, I have various hobbies, photography, martial arts. Uh, I still program computers, obviously, and cooking. I mean, I'm French, obviously, I'm cooking. <laughs> and, and walking in nature, uh, botanic gardens, etc., etc., really. And finally, what one bit of advice would you give uh, young David or someone listening to this podcast thinking that sounds like a job that I'd like to do? <laughs> young David. Oh, my goodness. I will have so many things to tell to young David. Um, I'd say, basically, if you know what you like, if you know really what you, your passion about, um, that would really help. 
because there's this sort of relentless thing. And for me, that's what pushed me to, to go towards this, this uh, studies in science. Personally, in those times, um, I stopped thinking too much and I tried to focus on one or two key things and follow them, whatever happens, until things get better. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if, if you know what you like, uh, then I think you have good chances to, to succeed in the dire- until you go in this direction. Now, sometimes you don't know exactly where you want to go, and then maybe it's time for, for trying things and experiment and try to see a bit, okay, is that thing really corresponding to me? Because sometimes, you know, it's, it's not written. You need to experience things, and then that's where you will realize whether you, you like this or not. Uh, you can read, you can listen to podcasts, you can discuss around you, but sometimes you have to just do things by yourself. If there has to be a final word, the final word would be that some people follow a straight line, but actually I'm not sure there are that many of them that have the luck to know very really early in their life what they want to do. Uh, but even if you don't take the right path, if you are committed uh, to go in a direction and to work for it, basically you can still have... Uh, many possibilities to go towards a given direction. That's the first lesson. The second lesson is that it's not because you finish your studies when you were young that you are um, condemned to carry on in one direction. If you like another direction, but that's very easy. Go for a training, learn new things, uh, get a degree, uh, and, and, and go for the next stage. Whatever the age you are, you have, and especially in an engineering career, I believe you have to keep um, learning, you have to keep being interested in things. So if you are happy in the field where you are, you just obviously enrich your knowledge in this field. If you are not, then nothing prevents you from studying and going different direction. And it does work. I mean, I'm the living proof that it does work. This podcast is produced by the IET and Silverfox. Silverfox proudly support engineers around the world with all their cable, wire and pipe labelling requirements. The Fox in a Box thermal printer has the ability to print a whole range of thermal labels with one software, one printer and one ribbon, saving loads of time for engineers out in the field. For more information, please contact Silver Fox. Silver Fox.